Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What up, peace, Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner. You know, today we're going to talk about um, a movie that I saw yesterday. Actually, it's a series on Netflix. Since we're in this quarantine and chill mode right now, I saw the docuseries on Netflix called Madam C.J. Walker. Man, it was so good. It's a four-part series, uh, about an hour long, um, you know, um, each episode. Watch with the family. Um, you know, if you guys don't know the, the backstory of her, uh, she is, uh, the woman who, um, she created a bunch of hair products for black women and black men, uh, in the early 1900s. So, you know, between 1905 and 1915 and 1918, um, you know, many of the products that were out for for hair products were catered towards um, whites, which were a lot of alcohol-based products, um, which if you put that in a black person's hair, it dries it out really bad. Um, lots of dandruff, lots of dry scalp, lots of hair loss. You know, well, she created a product um, that was outstanding for black hair, helped with hair growth, um, helped with uh, keeping your scalp, you know, actually moisturized. And, you know, so you, so, you know, she went from one cream to making shampoos and making uh, all different other kind of kind of things, you know, hot treatments for your scalp, all kind of things. But the grand gist of all this, guys, was she was the first American, not African-American, the first American um, self-made female millionaire. I think at the time of her death, they said she had uh, just in uh liquid assets alone, just liquid cash. She had 600 grand in liquid cash. I think it's like 1919, 1920 when she passed away. Um, so yes, just think about that 600 grand in liquid cash back in those days was a lot of money. Her house was 28,000 square feet, 34 rooms, huge. Uh, she lived right next door to Rockefeller. <laughs> it's the kind of money she was making back then guys. Um, uh, self-made millionaire. Um, but guys, it was an amazing movie. Um, a very, very, very good movie. Um, I love to see these kind of stories. I love to see these stories being told now, um, especially like in the black community. I think we're going into a new uh, age of film or it's like a renaissance era where a lot of the black stories are starting to come out. And it's, this is just not for, for black families to watch. A lot of families are watching these black, white, Hispanic Asian, you you name it, because it's just not Black history. It is America's history. All right, so these stories need to be told. Um, I remember, you know, guys, I'm I'm 37, so you know, so when I was growing up, we had certain movies that came out uh, that depicted the Black community. Um, you know, so you had like X, and you had Boys in the Hood, and you had movies like Menace of Society and Crooklyn, and all the Spike Lee movies that came out. Do the right thing, School Days. You know, you know, you know some movies like that. So it was like a Black Renaissance, um, to where we were having a bunch of good Black films come out, but they were only being viewed, you know, like primarily by by Blacks, and it showed in the box office that a lot of these movies weren't stacking up uh, to 
compete with the white counterparts. And But now with the emergence of Netflix and Hulu and things of that nature, you're having a bunch of people put out great movies like like prior, but also these movies are coming out and they're being seen by the masses. Um, just like when Spike Lee came out with the White Klansman movie. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. You know, so when Spike Lee came out with the White Klansman movie last year, um, it was seen by a lot of people. I mean, Spike Lee movies are not generally seen by a bunch of people because, you know, some people think that his, that his movies are only catered towards one sector. But no, this is American history. So it's not just black history. It's American. Black history is American history. And But you're seeing that with the emergence of all these platforms, whether it's Hulu, like I said, Netflix, um, your um, AT&T TV now, uh, your PlayStation View is good, but you know they got rid of that. But Sling TV, all these streaming devices, you're able to get great movie content straight to the consumer. And this film, Madam C.J. Walker, was is one of those um, movies that is necessary and needed, I think, in today's society. And what I love about the movie, too, guys, and when you look at the credits on who produced this movie and who executive produced this movie and put money behind this movie. You're getting guys like LeBron James and his business partner, which is Maverick Carter, you know, but LeBron James is starting to put some money behind things like this. This was probably one of the main reasons he moved out to Los Angeles so he can have a little bit more of a, of a footprint when it comes to his production company. And if he's going to put out movies like this, man, this is amazing um, to where he can put out history history because um, a lot of people aren't in a position to put these stories out because uh, they don't have the financial backing and the financial funds to put them out. But LeBron has the ability to do this. And I'm so glad that we have an athlete who's stepping up to the plate to do things like this. Um, eventually, I would love to hopefully do something like this one day. You guys know I got two books out. The first one, Can You Love Me? A Memoir and a Tribute. That's my first book, five-time number one book. Uh, but it's about my life and it's my own personal memoir. Um, and a tribute to my mother uh, because she uh, was a single parent, you know, and pretty much raised me by herself. Till she was, well, not to she, you know, but till till, uh, till I was thirteen years old. But you know, the book went, they did very well, extremely well, better than I thought it was going to be. So I had, I had it re-edited in the whole nine, and now I'm writing a movie script for it. And this is something that I would love to probably pitch to somebody like a LeBron James or somebody like a like a, a a Dame Dash or Master P or somebody who, or Tyler Perry. These these are people who are able to put up their funds and make a movie happen. But it's glad to see that we're getting a resurgence of movies like this in the in the community. And it's not just going straight to black consumers. It's going to big time platforms like Netflix. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the number five ranked. Uh, movie doc series on Netflix, which is amazing. I think it's right behind Ozark. Ozark's another good one, by the way, guys. Check it out, too. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a little glimpse on that. Go watch Madam C.J. Walker. It is a great story. It was told very well. It is inspired by true events on the book written by her great-granddaughter, her great-great-granddaughter. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I think her great-great-granddaughter wrote the book 
and it's inspired by true events from her great great grandmother, Madam C.J. Walker. So go take a look at that, guys. Amazing book. But now let's go to a slight commercial break, and we'll come back and talk some other stuff. All right, guys, and we're back. And we just talked about Madam C.J. Walker. Great movie. Now let's talk about some other stuff on Netflix. <laughs> I watched two series that were. I mean, I didn't think. Okay, first off, I watched The Tiger King. Oh man, with Joe Exotic, Jesus Christ! Um, six part episode, yeah, yeah, six episode series. Um, it's freaking funny, but it was so true. It was a, it was. I don't know how to explain it. I thought things were gonna get any worse. I mean, it's just like really what happened here, right? So Joe Exotic, this guy is has a has a wild cat form, tigers. Lions, ligers. You guys know what ligers are? They're tigers and lions mixed. Then they can get up to like 1,100 pounds. They're freaking huge animals. Um, he had jaguars, panthers, cougars. Um, he had uh, gorillas on the bears. He had this big zoo park in Oklahoma. Of all places, Oklahoma. And uh, he is trying to save these animals per se, he has them in captivity, try to breed them and save them, but he gets so big and so so big so quick as far as fame, he starts doing a bunch of things like running for president and running for governor. And I don't think the care he had for the animals was was the best after he after he got this fame. But you guys just gotta look it's it's just a it's a funny story. Sad but funny. But there's this Karen Askins, I think is her last name. Karen, Karen, Karen Atkin, Askins. But anyway, she is a um, she owns a uh, a company that is a wildlife rescue, basically, and she rescues these big cats. So they're basically doing the same thing. She said hers is a rescue, and she's making money off a rescue. She doesn't have employees; she has volunteers. So they're doing the same thing, but they're fighting against each other. It's kind of hard to explain. Just had to go watch it. And Joe accuses her of killing her husband. Uh, and then stuff just goes down south. I don't want to give you guys a story, but it's uh, like, wow. It's like eye-opening. It's weird, but interesting. You can't stop watching it. Six-part series I watched, I think, in two days with my wife. And when I thought things couldn't get any worse, you know, I kept hearing about this Don't F With Cats video, um, you know, series. It's a three-part series on Netflix. Me and my wife turned it on last night, Don't F With Cats. I turn it on, I look at it, and I was like, just when I thought the Tiger King Joe Exotic series, nothing could top it. Don't have for cats to hold my beer. I said, Jesus Christ. Wow. First of all, <clears throat> don't have for cats. And this guy puts up videos of him killing cats, killing kittens, not cats, kittens, on two or three separate occasions. So these people online, like on the Facebook group, like they see this guy killing kittens. So they launch this huge campaign to find the guy. They end up finding the guy. They want to make sure that they find him because if he's killing kittens, he's going to eventually kill somebody. That's what they're thinking. And they do like an 18-month to two-year. These these Facebook people do an 18-month to two-year investigation on this guy to catch this guy who's killing kittens. Glad they caught him, but first of all, this is just my opinion. Who the hell has enough time throughout their day to spend all tracking them all day and all night tracking the man's location, 
tracking where he's at, tracking what he does, was his name. I mean, they spent literally 10 hours a day, 15,000 people in a group tracking this one guy, and they end up catching him. They find him. But man, what? These people got to be very bored to do this. Good deed on them, but I'll tell you what, you know, so many people live in Las Vegas and it was a crime race in Las Vegas. I wonder if they put this much time in. Never mind. Yeah. Everybody talks about how bad this world is, but we'll go spend uh, countless hours trying to give somebody attention and try to catch somebody who's. Anyways, just watch the show, guys. I don't want to go on, 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 on too far right or left on a rant here, but I think the thing with. with what this show that got me was the guy who was doing this, he just wanted attention and they gave it to him. And when he got attention, he, he started screwing with these people, like giving them like different signs that he knows that they're onto him, but he's like really screwing with them and, and they fall for debate. And he, they, he, he keeps doing things to make them um, know that he knows that they're looking at him. And I'm going to give you one small scene from the movie. So, the guy, so there's one woman who who follows him over an 18-month period, and he sends her a private message, and he walks through her job. She worked at a casino. She's a data analyst for a casino. So he sends her a private video of him walking through her casino, basically saying, I can get you if I want to. And it's like, wow, you got yourself involved that deep, that this guy came from wherever he's from, Canada, wherever he's from. To come walk to your job to let you know that he can come get you. Just leave it alone. <clears throat> Man, he was looking for attention and he got it. And, you know, kudos on him for catching this guy. But, um, yeah, if he would have got that much attention, would he have done that? Would he have kept doing the things he was doing? I don't know. But, anyways. Those two series, man, were eye-opening series, The Tiger King and Don't F With Cats. I got to find something else to watch on Netflix because we're in this quarantine and chill thing, guys. So me and the wife and watching movies like crazy, you know, doing a lot of cooking inside. So we've actually saved a lot of money on cooking, guys, because we haven't gone outside. We haven't gone outside to eat. You know, like we, we might order Chinese or order a pizza every now and then, but here's what it is. But on that note, guys, it's going to be late. So, um... I'm going to tell you guys that, uh, you know how I end all these? I end these on the do you message. And the do you message stands for D, don't be afraid to fail. O, outgrow your environment. And you understand your brilliance. Do you. Somebody tells you that you can't do something, look them in the eye and say, do you. And then go home, look yourself in the mirror and say, do you. And on that note, Nino's Corner, I'm out. And like always, do you. <laughs>